Well, good morning. <laughs> so glad to be here this morning, and uh, whether you're here in person or online, I know we have a lot of people online today, a lot of friends and family in, uh, in Ohio, and uh, a lot of coworkers, you know, that are, that are on tonight and uh, this morning. Keep saying tonight. I've been working nights a lot, so <laughs> you guys got to bear. You guys got to bear with me. You know, I might, you know, might slip up a little bit, but uh, man, a mill great worship set. Like, were you guys feeling that? Like, just the the presence of the spirit. You know, like it's just we are children of God. You know, if if you have accepted Him as your personal Savior, your identity has changed, and that's what we're talking about here today. Is we're talking about identity. And what's awesome is I got to, to talk to the youth about this. And so I was excited when I, when I seen this passage. And I was like, yes, like we're going to talk about identity with the church and not just the youth, you know. And um, our inheritance and, you know, what, what it means to, to, to actually be a child of God. Um, I've, I've heard that phrase a lot, um, just talking to, to different believers and you know, friends of mine and, uh, you know, like, oh, man, God's going to protect me. I'm a child of God. Do you know what it means to be a child of God? That's the question. And this morning, my prayer this whole week has been that we all will just open our minds and our hearts to, to, to what it actually means to be a child of God. And uh, so we're going to read. We're just going to jump into this. It's going to be Romans 8, uh, 14 through 17. Um. You know, I didn't, I didn't get to do these, uh, these cards like you guys did last week, but uh, the memory verse I really want you guys to, to remember is uh, verse 14. And, um, but let's, let's read 14 through, through 17 together, and it says, for, for those who are led by the Spirit of God are children of God. The Spirit you receive does not make you slaves so that you live in fear again. Rather, the Spirit you receive, received brought you... brought about your adoption to, to sonship. And we cry to him, Abba, Father. And the Spirit himself testifies with our spirit that we are God's children. Now, if we're God's children, then we're heirs, and, and heirs of God and co-heirs with Christ. And if indeed we share in his sufferings in order that we may also share in his glory. And uh, that's NIV. I tell Pastor Ken, he always, he always asks me when we're studying together, you know, what are you, what are you reading from? And I said NIV because I'm a Christian. But, um, <laughs> he asked me about my commentary. I said, Joel Olstein. No, I'm just kidding. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. But, uh, you know, so, but, um, I want you guys to, 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 to just journey with me in this. And there, there's a lot here and, you know, we'll probably be here for the next three and a half hours, four hours. I'm not sure, but, uh, no, but I really want you guys to, to really dive in with me and, and really understand what it means to, to be a child of God and how that shapes our identity in Christ. Um, being a, a, a child of God is a, it's, it's always a, a it, like, it's like a concept in, the, in Christianity where it refers to our relationship with God as his beloved sons and, and his daughters. And uh, when we accept Christ as our Savior, we're adopted into God's family and we become his children. And... This adoption isn't based on our, our own merits or our worthiness, but by God's love and his grace and the love that he has for us. You know, our identity is, is rooted in our relationship with him, and, and that means we're no longer slaves to sin 
and this world, but we've been set free by the sacrifice of Jesus Christ. Really understand what that means. We're not enslaved to that sin. Some of us, I remember growing up, like even a, as, as a teenager to like my mid-20s, where I was just like, man, like how can a God love me after everything that I've done, the sins that I've committed? I've done some pretty bad stuff, you know, and how can a God, you know, love me? And this is the assurance that we have. We've been set free from that sin because of the sacrifice of Jesus Christ. He came and, and he paid that price that we could have that freedom and we could have that assurance that we've been set free from that. As children of God, we, we have a new identity that, that's defined by our connection to Him. You know, be, being a child of God means that we have a unique and intimate relationship with Him. And we can approach Him with that, with that confidence and, and that boldness and knowing that He loves us unconditionally and his, He desires to have that personal and intimacy, like that, 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 that intimate relationship with us. Think about it. We're privileged to call Him Abba, which means Father and da- or Daddy, indicating the, the closeness and, the, and the, intimacy, the intimacy of that relationship. You know, when I, when I was reading that... Um, I started thinking about my personal relationship with my earthly father. And growing up as, as a teenager, I never had that. My mom did both. She played both parts. And I'm sure there's some people in here that, that have, you know, had that same experience. And we start questioning, what does it actually mean to be a son? You know, that, that, was, a, that was a question that was brought up to me, you know, th- this week. And I'm like, well, you know... What does it mean to be a child of God? You know, this is what it means. And we have certain rights and, and privileges of, of being called a child of God. Uh, we have access to, to God's love and His guidance and, 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 and His provision for us in our lives. We have the Holy Spirit living within us and guiding us, and directing us. We have the assurance of eternal life and, and the hope of being co-heirs with Christ and his, and his kingdom. We need to understand that this is crucial for our, for our spiritual growth and, and our maturity you know, in this relationship. It shapes how we view ourselves, how we view others, and how we can approach God, you know, in prayer, and how we navigate through the challenges and, and the trials of life. And, and embracing this identity in Christ allows us to live with confidence and purpose. There's a, there's a sense of belonging, knowing that, that we're deeply loved and accepted by, by God, by our Heavenly Father. As, as children of God, you know, again, we've been set free from the bondage of sin and, and the power of darkness, you know, through the sacrifice of Christ Jesus. We, we've been redeemed and brought into new life 
of freedom and victory. You know, that this freedom is not a, a, a theoretical concept or anything like that, but it's reality, right? That, that we can experience and, and we can live this out every day. You know, one of the greatest privileges we have, and I, you know, some of us might actually take it for granted, and I, my prayer is that you change that. <laughs> but having that a confidence in approaching Him in prayer and knowing that He's going to answer our prayers. You know, we get to pour out our hearts to Him. And we get to share our joys, our sorrows. You know, we get to seek for His guidance and, and wisdom in every aspect of our lives, not just that situation, but every aspect of our lives. The moment we wake up to the moment we lay our heads down. You know, another privilege we have is, as children of God is, you know, we talked about the Holy Spirit, how it empowers us, and it's, it's a, to, to live a life that's pleasing to God, though. Are, are we really doing that? You know, he got, you know the, the Holy Spirit guides us and teaches us and, and reminds us of God's truth. The Holy Spirit also produces the fruit of the spirits, such as joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. You know, as, as children of God, we have the privilege of being part of the body of Christ, the church. You know, and the, the church, we're, we're not alone in our journey of faith, but we're part of a community of, of believers who, who support each other and encourage one another and even challenge one another. We have the opportunity to, to worship together and serve one another and, and grow with one another in our faith together. You know, we're not meant to go through this journey alone. I could tell you right now that I am so blessed to have the people in my life that I, you know, I had growing up, from youth leaders to, to pastors to even friends that have just prayed over me and just you know knew what I was going through and the struggles that I was dealing with. It's not good to keep that inside, right? We need to talk to each other. We need to, hey, this is what I'm dealing with. This is the temptation I'm dealing with. This is the sin I'm dealing with. I need prayer. We need that. It helps us, you know, we're growing in our faith together. We might learn something from you when you're going through that or, you know, whatever it is. Like, we're going to learn from each other. We have the assurance of eternal life and and the hope of of being co-heirs in Christ and in his kingdom, the, our inheritance as, as children of God, it's not limited to, to earthly life, but it extends to eternity. We have the hope of, of being with God forever, experiencing his glory and, and sharing in his in, eternal blessings. Church, embrace that, that freedom and that, that privilege. And if you haven't experienced that yet, come this morning, experience it. You know, 
It should shape our identity, you know, our, our relationships, our choices, and our priorities. That's, that's a tough one, the priorities, right? We get so caught up in our own world and our own busyness that our priorities are a little messed up. Um, had, you know, I have great conversations with teens about this, and especially teens that are in sports. You know, um, they come and they, they ask for prayer and, you know, hey, this is, you know, this is what I'm dealing with. And, you know, can, can you pray? Can you pray for me? Can you pray for me? And I'm like, man, I pray for you every day. <laughs> you know, what, what, are, what are you doing on your end? Are you spending time in God's word? Are you praying? You know, and, you know, I started asking about their schedules. What time are you getting up? Well, man, I'm up at 530, you know, but I, you know, I'm like, I bet you're out the door though, right? You're getting ready. And he's like, yeah, I'm like, wake up at five. It's simple. Like, we just need to change our lives. We need to seek God in that. I could pray for you 24-7, but are, are you going and are you praying to God? Are you diving in his word and are you seeing what, like, what is, what is God trying to tell me here? Are you seeking that guidance? You know, Galatians, uh, I mean, hello gets it. You know, like, I mean, he's, amen, thank you, hello, thank you. I'm getting, I'm getting my amens, you know, like, I love it. <laughs> yeah, he heard it, he's looking. You know, but uh, Galatians 4, 4 through 7, it says, But when that set time had fully come, God sent his son, born of a woman. Give me one second, sorry about that. Born of a woman under the law to, to redeem those under the law that, that we might receive adoption to sonship. Because you are his sons, God has sent the spirit of his son into your hearts, the spirit who calls out, Abba, Father, so you are no longer a slave, but God's child. And since you are God's child, God has made you also an heir. You know, that this passage, it, it highlights the incredible truth that through Christ, We've been adopted as his sons and daughters. And before Christ came, humanity was under the law and it was enslaved to, to, to sin. But God in his perfect timing sent his son to redeem us and to, to, to bring us into his family. You know, through faith in Jesus, we're no longer slaves to sin, but we become children of God. You know, the, the Holy Spirit dwells in us and it's testifying to, to our new identity as children of God and, and enabling us to, to cry out to Him as our, as our loving Father. You know, as God's adopted children, we have the privilege of, of being heirs of, of God's promises. We have that secure and eternal inheritance in Him. You know, again, this adoption, it's not, it's not based on our own works, but solely on God's grace and his love for us. It reminds us of incredible, like what, what incredible privilege it is and, and blessings it is to, to be adopted into God's family. It speaks of our, our new identity as children of God, the assurance that, that comes with being heirs. It's, it's a beautiful reminder of God's love and grace through Jesus Christ. You know, 
Romans uh, eight sixteen through 17, Paul writes, the, the Spirit himself testifies with our spirit that we're God's children. Now, if we're God's children, then, then we're heirs and, and heirs of God and, and co-heirs with Christ. And to, to be a co-heir with Christ means that we share in his inheritance. You know, just as Jesus is the Son of God and, and the rightful heir to all that the Father possesses, his followers are also heirs of God. This inheritance, it's not limited to, to material possessions or earthly wealth, but it's the fullness of, of God's kingdom and the, and the spiritual blessings that come with it. You know, we share in the eternal inheritance that God has prepared for his children. You know, the, this inheritance includes, includes the, the promise of, of eternal life and the joy of being in God's presence. Think about that. I'm good. <laughs> I'm good right there. That's, that's all. Just to be in the presence of God. It's future hope that, that sustains us in, in the midst of trials and difficulties, knowing that we have an eternal inheritance that, that can never be taken away. How about that? Thank you, Ella. Being co-heirs with Christ, it also means that, that we have a, a shared identity with Him. We're, we're, we're united you know, with Christ in His death and His, in His resurrection. You know, we, we have that, that Holy Spirit that empowers us to, to live in, that reflects the character of God and, and the love of Christ. We're called to live in a manner that is, that is worthy of our inheritance. That means living a life of holiness and righteousness and obedience to God's word. It means that the gifts and talents that we have, we should be serving others to advance his kingdom. It means being willing to, to suffer and sacrifice for the sake of Christ, knowing that we'll also share in his glory. You know, understanding our identity as co-heirs, should, it, should it should transform the way we view ourselves in the world around us. You know, this is a, a broken and, and fallen world that we're living in today. But it should give us a sense of purpose, knowing that we're part of God's plan for humanity. part of God's plan for humanity. It should give us that confidence and that boldness that we're seeking when we want to go out and we want to have these gospel conversations. And it should also give us a, a deep sense of gratitude and humility. You know, recognizing that our inheritance isn't something we've earned, but it's still a gift of God's grace. You know, as, as co-heirs with Christ, we need to embrace and our identity and, and live in the fullness of our inheritance. You know, the inheritance that we have in Christ, I'm just gonna I'm gonna go through these. Uh, number one is redemption and forgiveness. 
That's, that's the big key one, right? Because we need to have that forgiveness, we, you know, from our sins when we accept Christ as our Savior. And, you know, through Christ's sacrifice on the cross, we're redeemed from sin and, and receive forgiveness for our sins. And this means that we're no longer bound by guilt or the consequences of past mistakes. That's something I struggled with for a long time. And I just, I had to understand that God loved me so much that I don't have to worry about my past because that's not who I am anymore. I'm not defined by my past. I'm defined by who God tells me I am. And I'm a child of God. Adopted as children of God. You know, believers are, are adopted into God's family because we become His children. This means that we have a personal, intimate relationship with God as our Father and we can approach Him with confidence and assurance eternal life you know in Christ we have the promise of, of eternal life and, and that means we'll spend eternity in his presence and we get to experience his love and his joy forever are you excited about that because now I'm a little worried <laughs> you should be excited about that this is what it means to be a child of God this is the bundle package right here this is, this is where we get everything right here. The inheritance of, of God's kingdom. As children of God, we're, we're co-heirs with Christ and we inherit the blessings and the, and the promises of God's kingdoms. And, and the, this includes the abundance of His grace and the power of the Holy Spirit. Spiritual blessings. In Christ, we have access to, 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 to wealth of spiritual blessings such as indwelling, the, the indwelling of the Holy Spirit and, and spiritual gifts and the fruit of the spirits. Victory over sin and death. We get to share in that. You know, when we leave this, this, this world as believers in Christ, we're not done yet. It's just getting started. You know, through Christ's resurrection, we, we can overcome the victory over sin and death and, and this means that we're no longer enslaved to sin but we have that insurance and the intimacy with God in Christ we have that privilege of experiencing it through that personal relationship with him we can communicate to him through prayer and it's not a one way communication he guides us and and we receive that guidance and, and that comfort and that strength from Him. You know, in uh, Romans 8.17, it also talked about suffering as, as part of our identity in Christ. You know, suffering is part of the, the human experience, right? We all, we all suffer. Um, in fact... You know, the Bible, the Bible does tell us, it says, if, if indeed, like in Paul writes in Romans eight seventeen, it says, if indeed we, we share in his sufferings in order that we may share in his glory. You know, suffering is not something that's desired, you know, that God desires for his children, but it's reality of living in a broken and fallen world. Uh, however, as, as believers, we can find that hope and that, and that purpose in the midst of suffering. Because we know that it's not in vain. 
Our suffering is, is not meaningless, and, but it's, it's part of God's plan for our lives. You know, when, when we suffer as followers of Christ, we're sharing in His sufferings. Jesus Himself experienced immense suffering while He was here on earth. From rejection to betrayal to physical pain and ultimately it led to the cross. You know, He understands our pains and, and He walks with us through it. And our sufferings, it, we can't we, we can find comfort and strength knowing that we're not alone, but that Jesus is with us, with our pain, and He offers His love and grace. You know, suffering also serves a purpose in our spiritual growth and our, our transformation. It refines our, our faith and strengthens our character and deepens our dependence on God. You know, in James... One, this is like my favorite chapter. I tell everybody this. I'm trying to memorize this whole chapter. I love James 1. But it, it talks about we need to consider it pure joy when we're faced with trials because it produces perseverance and character. And it deepens our, our dependence on God. You know, our, our suffering can, can draw us closer to God, teaching us to, to rely on His strength and not ourselves. Sometimes we could all be guilty of that where we try to get out of the situation ourselves. We need to turn to God in, that, in our sufferings. And it's, it's only going to bring us closer to Him. You know, suffering is not the end of the story. Just as uh, we share, you know, in Christ's sufferings, we're, we're promised to share in His glory, right? Our suffering is temporary, but the glory that awaits us is eternal. In 2 Corinthians 4.17, Paul writes, For, for our light and, and momentary troubles are achieving, for, I'm sorry, are, are achieving for us an eternal glory that outweighs them all. That means that the suffering is temporary because God's going to pull us out of that. You know, we, we need to understand that we can trust God and God is working all things to, together for, for our good and for His glory and for His good also. But it's ultimately for His glory. You know, we can find comfort in knowing that our suffering, it's not in vain, but has greater purpose. And we have confidence that glory and that awaits us and it outweighs any suffering that, that we may endure in this life. Let's embrace let's embrace even when we're when we're suffering. Knowing that we're not alone and that uh, our suffering has purpose. Let us trust in God's faithfulness and, and His hope and His promise knowing that He brings beauty out of our pain and ultimately leads us to His glorious presence. We need to live out our identity in Christ. We 
we talked about it. It's a, it's a broken world. It's a fallen world out there. Do people see Christ when they see you? Your actions, the words that you use, the life you're living, is it reflecting Christ? We need to spend time in God's word regularly. We need to have prayer and communion with God. Meaning we need to set that time aside and we really need to seek God for his guidance in our lives. And he's going to give you the answers that you need. To, what, what are you called to do? Praise and worship. It's my favorite. You know, we get to engage in worship both, you know, here at church and even in our own personal lives at home. And, but this helps us focus on, on the greatness and, and, and it reminds us of our identity as his children. Think about worship. What are we doing when we're worshiping? We're loving God, right? Through our praise and our worship. We're, we're showing our, our hearts to him. And we're saying, God, this is, this is for you. I love you so much. I want to sing to you. We need to walk in obedience. We need to serve others. We need to share the good news, the gospel. I think that's, uh, that's something that has to be done. And, you know, through the Holy Spirit empowering you and giving you the words to use, we could have these personal conversations. And, and we need to practice gratitude, a heart full of gratitude. You know, uh, understanding, like, God's blessed us in, in every aspect of our lives, even though sometimes we may not see those blessings right away. They're coming. We need to practice forgiveness. This is something I struggled with. You know, and as a reminder, you know, like God's word, like just reading, just thinking about that word forgiveness, you know, that's a, you could forgive someone. It doesn't mean that person's going to change, right? Forgiveness doesn't change the person. It changes you. Say it again. Do I need to say it again? <laughs> Forgiveness does not change. Forgiving someone does not change that person. It changes you. It took a long time for me to understand that. They really did. But man, when, when, I, when I finally understood what that meant, there was a peace that I had. That person may not have that peace, but I have that peace. It changed me. It frees us from the bitterness. It allows us to, to experience the fullness of God's love and grace. I'm going to ask the band to come up. And uh, this next one, is, it's, it's trusting God's promises. You know, we really need to rely on God and his promises in our lives. You know, this is a 
Think about where you're at right now as, as a child of God. Are you fully embracing that? Are you fully understanding what it means to be a child of God? If you have no idea what that means, come pray with us today. We would love to show you. We would love for you to walk out of here with a brand new identity. Because you're not going to be the same person you were. You will be instantly changed. You will be considered a child of God. You'll be considered that an, a new person. Just having that just just being able to, to experience that and what it actually means to be a child of God. My prayer is that you fully understand what it means and that this bundle package is there and it's available for you. Free of cost. It was already paid for. Through Christ's death and his, his resurrection. Let's pray. Father, we just come to you now, Lord, and God, I just I pray, Lord, that Father, you give us that understanding of, of what it means to, to actually be your child, Lord. Father, I pray, Lord, if there's anyone here today, Lord, that just hasn't experienced that, that doesn't know what it means to, 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 to be a son of God, Lord, that they just come forward today, Lord, and they just receive you, Lord. They walk out of here a, a changed person. Father, we thank you for your Holy Spirit, Lord. We thank you for what you're doing today in this moment. For it's in Christ's name.